TalkZone.com. Now, Talk Zone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joe Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. Welcome you to a Friday edition of the Two Guys in a Mike Show, the March Madness College Basketball Tournament off and running, and I mean off and really running a great, great day of basketball. we got more games coming up today, 16 to be exact. Thanks for joining us. Beautiful Friday here. Our show emanating out of the fine city of Chicago. My partner checking in from beautiful Aurora, Illinois. It's the big dog, Joel Radwanski. Joel, I'm assuming uh, you're doing more than good on a beautiful Friday in March Madness. Uh, Coach, I'm absolutely doing fantastic. I want you to. I just want to let you know I'm in a hurry. Can we do this hour as fast as we can possibly do this hour? Because I got to get to 11 o'clock so I can watch some basketball. And man, what a day! The bracket is. It's not looking so bad. Our, our two guys in a mic bracket after one day. Not too bad. We're going to go over that and preview some of the games today, but the majority of today's show, looking back at yesterday's games. And Big Dog, uh, I know I'm caught up in the emotion of it. I actually watched last night's game at uh, about three hours ago, like 5.30 in the morning. I woke up. I couldn't stay awake, put everything on tape. 5.25 in the morning, me, a nice cup of coffee, and one hour of uh, highlights, you know, fast-forwarding through free throws and stuff like that. But I caught all the late games. Uh, in my opinion, and maybe I'm caught up in it, feel free to bring me back to my senses, it was um, easily, easily the best overall day that the March Madness Tournament has ever had. Not one or two great games, but I'm talking about from top to bottom, depth of great games, the best ever in the, the tournament. The best ever, coach? Best ever. The best ever. And I said, yes, I said easily. Ever, ever, ever. Easily. <laughs> Easily, easily. I, uh, that's just a that's a tough call. That's like saying who the best looking Miss USA or Miss America is. I mean, Mine. I don't know, Coach. That, no, I will tell you, it's thoroughly entertaining. I mean, you had legitimately ten great games yesterday, and there was only two big blowouts or three big blowouts. But uh, I don't know, Colin. That, that's it's just difficult because there's been so many great days. But I will tell you, there's not. I will never forget yesterday how, how many great days there were. Mm-hmm. I will agree with you on that. And again, the key to it is the depth of great. We've seen one or two or three great games, but it was game after game after game, morning session, uh, early evening session, late evening session. Great stuff all around. We got 16 more games to go. No chance, no rest for the weary big dog. We got to come back strong. Are you prepared to hit the remote control once again at 11:15 today? I, I don't know. I wasn't mentally prepared for the show, and then all of a sudden I'm going to have to do it right after, Coach. I figure, you know, I am a veteran at this. I think I can handle just being able to hang the phone up and turn the television on. I hope I am prepared for it. It's a tough job, but damn it, somebody's got to do it, huh? Yeah, yeah you know, it, it's definitely going to be tough. And the only thing bad about watching the games yesterday was there was actually, just like you said, there were so many great games. There was, for the first time in a long time I can remember, there was like three endings of games that were going on, and they couldn't show all of them because they were all happening at the same time. Mm-hmm. And it normally doesn't happen like that for CBS. But. There was one point, uh, I think the late session, which, again, I watched early this morning, when uh, they went back and forth. Was it the Tennessee game and the – Tennessee, what? San Diego State, and um, – <laughs> 
It's all, it's all right now. It, a big, uh, it is hard to differentiate one, but you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> it was almost comical. Greg Gumbo was going back from game. All right, back to Denver, over to Sacramento, back to Denver. Let's go back to Sacramento. One team would oh, call. No, you mean the San Jose bracket? Actually, it was, uh, it was the San Jose game. Uh, whatever. It's Washington versus um, Marquette in Tennessee. Yeah, Marquette. I don't even think that's it. But it was, you, you know what I'm talking about. One particular. They were switching off and on a lot during the day. But the late night session, there was one particular time. Both games were the last minute. Both games were like one or two point games, and they literally were switching back and forth every time a free throw or a timeout would occur. It was somewhat comical, but also uh, highly entertaining. Uh, coach, uh, I'm going to get some Blackhawk fans pretty upset at me, but like last night, I, I grabbed the remote from my Hawks fans. I'm like, listen, guys, this is a regular season game. I know they're 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 three game losing streak the Hawks are facing. But this was a battle for the remote in the house. It was one versus, like, ten because I had people over last night. Coach, I'm going to let you know. I grabbed the remote during a commercial break. <laughs> I put the games on. Uh-huh. They stayed on. Everybody shut up, and it was the same thing. College, again, the same people making fun of the little tiny conference championships. Yep. Well, guess what? They they were all into what happened last night, and I think they understood. You know, that, that in a way, it's a little bit more important in the whole sports picture than a uh, – a Blackhawk regular season game, which we recorded and watched after the the NCAA tournament was done. So. By the way, I did not uh, get the final score from our female intern, Louisa, the Blackhawk game late last night, right? Because uh, I did not see a score in my newspaper. Yes, they, how did the uh, Hawk they, do? They've been in the Los Angeles area the last couple days. So. How, did, how did the Hawk do? Uh, they beat the Kings 3 nothing. anti-Niemi in net, playing very, very well. And Coach... They look like a focused hockey team uh, mm-hmm. in the as I watched it at like one o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. So it was pretty good. That's impressive. That is highly well, impressive. I couldn't impre- go to sleep you, for some reason, so I went back out and watched. You uh, that's really impressive. That that's dedication to pro sports, either that or a sick sports mind, or somewhere in the in, in between. But you watch like ten hours of collegiate basketball. The yeah. games end at ten or ten thirty. Went to bed at a, about midnight last night. And you're back up watching. And you're back watching the Blackhawk game after all the basketball. Well, I couldn't go to sleep, so I walk, I just went out there and I watched the third period. You know, hockey third period and fast forward and through all the stuff that doesn't go. It literally mm-hmm. took like twenty two minutes. I was back in yeah. bed. Very tough for you to sleep, by the way, especially if you have claustrophobia, because you are now sleeping. Are you not like in a closet? <laughs> right. You've rented out so many rooms in your house. I think is it a closet? No, no, no it's not. It's, it's a laundry it's, it's, room, an attic, no, it's some no, no, small no. place. We have a laundry room. It's it's a joke. It's just I call it the closet because I picked the room without the window. Okay, but it's a big room, you know. So I'm not claustrophobic because actually I do like. I, I, if the room could be smaller, I'd actually be happier. It's a big room, but there's no windows, right? Yeah, that's the problem. Maybe we could put up bars and make you feel really at home. <laughs> it's been a long time since then. Yeah. And remember, I'm always the daddy in the relationship. Oh, goodness. Big dog, great to talk to you. I'm glad you could join us. we got lots of stuff to go over. We're going to do it region by region, if you don't mind. There's some great stories. Obviously, a lot of underdogs won yesterday. A couple of blowouts, but for the most part, uh, very, very good game. So let us uh, get going. We're going to start in the Midwest region. And right off the bat, a shocker. Now, we here in Chicago did not get to see much of the game. But Ohio University. Not the Ohio, but Ohio yeah. University beats Georgetown. They beat him from start to finish. They spanked him. They turned him over, and they kicked him in the groin. And this is an Ohio team, Big Dog, that was 7-9 and nine in the MAC conference, seated ninth, heading into their own conference tournament. Yeah, it, it's unreal, Coach. What a, a phenomenal, phenomenal game that Ohio played. 
And they got a guy by the name of D.B. Cooper from Chicago. Yes. And it would, that's going to be a constant theme. So I know we have people listening from all over the world, and the people in Antarctica get sick of our Chicago bias. To be quite honest with you, there's a theme <laughs> going on in this particular NCAA tournament. Uh-huh. No teams from Chicago, yes. no teams from the state of Illinois. Yep. But the majority of the great players from the state of Illinois, it, man, it makes me want to kick my teeth. It's TV a great, great call. And when you say state of Illinois, really, it's pretty much centered in Chicago. Well, it is. It's true. That's there. We're not talking yeah. about a lot of this year. There isn't players from like Peoria and, and Champaign all over the place. There, there, right. there is no city right now influencing more of the basketball games, more star players than the city of Chicago. This is our best year, and it is ironic that there is not a not a team from the Chicago area, not a team from the state of Illinois. Oh, the irony! Yeah, um, yeah. Oh yeah, so so and so from Chicago, so and so from King, so and so from St. Joseph, from St. Joseph, from oh, blah 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 blah. Okay, so where are the teams from? Well, not from Chicago. Well, the kid. I guess we'll have to deal with it. The but kid you're talking about, Cooper, was not one of the Chicago area stars mentioned. I didn't follow his career. Uh, at Ohio, how his freshman year went. I know he played at Seton Academy. I did one of his high school games, I remember, last year, uh, Joe. Little guy, but you could tell he had a lot of potential. You wouldn't think he would have been an impact player as a freshman at the D1 level, but, boy, he was sensational yesterday. Going to the hoop, hitting three-pointers in uh, a 7-19. and 19. The Bobcats, they win their first tournament game in 27 years. Uh, Cinderella hath been born. Yeah, coach, you talked about, you know, not a big body. No, let's, let's, let's be honest, a slight body. The guy doesn't have any shoulders. He's extremely thin. I mean, it looks like a pogo stick dribbling yeah. a basketball. And, and his face, like, he could pass for a junior high kid. Yeah, he could, coach. He absolutely could. And the way he maneuvers his tiny body through, he just moves through traffic. You know, and that's why sometimes when I hear like, oh, this guy's got a perfect body, blah, blah. Well, maybe like if you're a running back or a, a guy that penetrates to the hole in a basketball game, mm-hmm. maybe being smaller but being tough is an advantage. All right. Ohio beats Georgetown 97-83. We'll see if that Cinderella story can continue. They're going to take on Tennessee because Tennessee knocked off San Diego State late last night, 62-59. A good game bordering on great game. Back and forth, Tennessee pulled it out, but it went right down to the dreaded wire. You know, it's, uh, I just once a year, I always get reminded that Steve Fisher is now coaching at San Diego State, yes. and then they lose in the first round. So that's, mm-hmm. that's what happens every year. So Steve Fisher, you had a great career at Michigan, and I'm glad you're <laughs> enjoying your early retirement down there at San Diego State. <laughs> what a cheap shot. Yeah. I like, he actually looks better now. He did not look well back about 15 years ago. No, no, you know? no. And when he- he, he coaches six games, won the national championship at Michigan, and then he never lived up to the hype of his first six games. Yeah. And they made him pay for it the rest of his career there. Right. But now, you know, he's living out in San Diego State. The hair has turned a, a little bit more silver, but he looks healthier. He looks more lively. Probably got a couple of women on the side. All things are good for Steve Fisher. Well, maybe, maybe you not. Know, the, you know, every, the more women you have, the more headaches you have, too, Coach. So you might want to stick with one. <laughs> Tennessee was impressive, though. And this is a Tennessee team, big dog. Uh, they're not exactly a Cinderella or an underdog, but did they not lose like three or four of their players at the midseason mark? Key players that got thrown off the team, that got dismissed from the team. They hardly had any depth. They were playing walk-ons, and Bruce Pearl and his coaching staff pulled that ball club together, and they can still play. A lot of athleticism. Yeah, a lot of athleticism, and sometimes it's it's addition by subtraction. Uh, Tennessee was probably not going to win that conference this year with Kentucky. Maybe it was a chance, so maybe this is a – 
after losing those guys, maybe they can like group together and have a good run in the in the tournament. But mm-hmm. I, I'll be ho- wishing against them because I still don't like Bruce Pearl. By the way, uh, Coach Bruce Pearl's 50th birthday yesterday. I don't know if he's listening to the show. Many Division One coaches are known to uh, check out the two guys in a mic show or so in case. Or in case. Bruce Pearl's listening to the show. Big Dog, any birthday wishes? A 50th birthday. It's a big one for Coach Pearl. Yeah, just uh, how about a warning? I wouldn't open up that particular gift that uh, uh, the coach from UIC gave you. <laughs> tick, just, tick, just a warning. Tick, 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 yes. <laughs> That's old history. We won't get into that now. Some of our listeners, again, in the Antarctic region and the other uh, 48 continental United States might not get that, but I appreciated it. I appreciate it, Coach. All right, thank you very much. Uh, uh, Midwest Regional, we continue. Kansas, the number one seed, Lehigh, uh, number 16 seed. And Kansas won, but I'll tell you what, Lehigh. The first 15 minutes of the game were entertaining, Coach. More than entertaining, what it showed me, Lehigh is a good team. I mean, a really good basketball team. Kansas took care of them. But Lehigh was not a Cinderella. They were a very... Let's put it this way. Lehigh could have knocked off a lot of other, I think, three, four, five, six seats. I, I agree with you. And you know what Lehigh's biggest problem, and this is, I, I, let's see if you agree with this. You're the coach, so you probably have a better uh, perspective. But I saw Lehigh's problem was they were kind of sloppy. Who would have thought that? You know, Lehigh's issue was that they were trying to get too fancy against Kansas. Uh, I, I don't, that's, that was the, one of the issues I thought well, Lehigh had. I'm not sure I'm with you on that event, but I will tell you they didn't play afraid. They didn't play in awe of Kansas, number one. They said, you know what? We're going to play our game. They went up and down the court. No delay tactics. They took the ball right to the hoop. Got a lot of shots blocked, but they did not play afraid. They were not in awe of, ooh, we're playing Kansas. You know what? We're Lehigh. We're good. We're going to go out and play. And on the other side of it, uh, Big Dog, and I haven't watched a ton of Kansas Jayhawk basketball this year, but uh-huh. I'll tell you what, we may not like Bill Self, but the Kansas Jayhawks, that is a really, really outstanding basketball team. Yeah, and do you know what they have is, is something, that, and it, this really shows you're a good team, is they everybody knows their role. You know, you, you, like Cole Aldridge isn't going to get upset if he only scores eight yep. points in a game. You yep. know what I mean? He's just, you know, he did what he was supposed to do, get all the mm-hmm. rebounds, block shots, and he, he made layups when he was supposed to. Morningstar doesn't care if he shoots it. They know what they're doing, folks, over there. They do, and and not only do they know their roles, they're all perfect in their roles. And, again, you want to talk some college hoops with us, reviewing the games from yesterday's folks. Uh, Feel free to chime in. Want to hear from you, the fine listeners out there, talkzone.com, 888-463-6748. Dial it up, talk some hoops with the coach and the big dog, 888-463-6748. But, big dog, I mean, if you're a chef, and you're picking the finest ingredients for a championship team. I mean, you've got the the great point guard in Sharon Cowens. He's maybe yeah. the best in the country. You've yeah. got the shooting guard in Brady Morningstar. Uh-huh. You've got the monster inside in Cole Aldridge, who doesn't only rebound and defend, but he can score. You've got the great young athleticism of uh, Xavier Henry. And you've got, uh, you know, the great complimentary players like this kid Marcus Morris, a complimentary player, scores 26 points. And the kid Reed coming off the bench, it, it really is almost championship level at every single position. Yeah, right now they're, they're like, uh, they're running it like Duke was in the, in the 90s where you get high school All-Americans who are filling the, being role players as freshmen. You know what I mean? And, you know, yep. and they're doing the little things and, and then they end up taking over for the the superstars a year later. So mm-hmm. 
Yeah, Kansas coach, they are the prohibitive favorite. After yeah. the first 16 games, yep. it, it, now that you kind of see half of the mm-hmm. games being played, I, I, I would have to say they definitely deserve yep. the number one overall seed. Yeah, a team with all that talent, if you don't have a point guard, maybe they can get upset, but they got the great point guard and another Chicago guy, Sharon Collins. I think that yeah. makes them nearly unbeatable. All right, real quick, finish up the Midwest Regional. Another good ball game. Lon Kruger and his UNLV team. We don't hear about them much in the Midwest. They can play, but Northern Iowa, the kids from uh, Farm country pull out a victory 69 66 another tight ball game big dog went right down to the wire and a huge shot by oh boy um ferrick ferrick manish i was all i know is the kid hit it from about five feet deep of the three-point line yep. uh, to drill it with uh, about four seconds left in the game mm-hmm. and i was right when he got the ball i'm like is that the shot they're gonna take he's their best <laughs> he hit it well he's their best three-point shooter this guy's name is ollie Farak Manish. Farak Manish, Northern Iowa now 29 and 4. By the way, to continue with the Chicago theme, the point guard who made the big pass to him, who spotted him under pressure, was, uh, Chicago's own Johnny Moran, who started at Jacobs High School. Another Chicago guy, uh, starting for a big time team. Wow. Yeah. It just continues. It seems like every single team has at least one Chicago yeah. contributing big time. It is thematic. Them. No question about it. Northern Iowa taking on Kansas on Saturday. Whew. You want to say Kansas is unbeatable, but I'll tell you what, Big Dog, we'd mentioned it before. Northern Iowa may not have the big pedigree, but uh, forget about it. They're not an underdog. They are one of the favorites in this tournament. They're awfully good. You know, Coach, I don't know what it is, but isn't it weird? Like, No matter what the level of competition, if you can get five guys on a court to play Chris style of basketball, I don't care what conference you're from, and then you start throwing these guys against other uh, people. There's something to be said about that. And I think Northern Iowa, hopefully, if they can control Temple, maybe they can beat the big beast that is Kansas. Mm-hmm. All right. Apparently, producer uh, David Olson is going on the website or uh, Googled Ali Farrakh Manish, the star player for Northern Iowa. Uh huh. And he came up with a couple different websites, none that have to do with basketball, by the way. But And all of them are Manish. <laughs> Check it out for yourself. Try, sparing, try spelling Farrakh Manish on your own. Uh, F. A R I Q M A N E S H. Not quite. No, there's no way that's correct. Triple eight four six three six seven four eight. Don't call us up with the correct spelling of Northern Iowa Star Guard Ali Farrakh Manish. But uh, if you want to talk some hoops, that's what we are here for today. College basketball, March Madness, great day yesterday. We'll sneak in one more region before we take a quick break. Uh, let's go out to the East Region and games there. Kentucky fairly easily won their ball game here in the Chicago area. Dog, I don't think we got to see much of that game, but uh, Kentucky yeah. big and as if they didn't have enough stars. Patrick Patterson and. Um, Johnny Wall, a new star is born, Eric Bledsoe, who's getting better and better, and he can shoot the lights out. Eight three-pointers for Bledsoe. Wow. Well, that's, that, that's a pretty big game, eight three-pointers in a, in a college game. That's only 40 minutes long. Yeah, that was, that was a blowout from start to finish. I think they, it was, they were legitimately doubling them up at one point, Coach. Mm-hmm. It was uh, 77 to 37. Yeah. 
Yeah. So no need to go to that game. Awfully, awfully good. Of course, the star I was missing, they got DeMarcus Cousins, who might jump to the NBA, one of the top five freshmen in the country. So you got three stars, and now this kid Bledsoe goes off for 26 points. Watch out. Another, we said yesterday, maybe the depth of great games like none other that we've seen on an opening day. One of those great games was Washington and Marquette. Big dog. I don't know about you, but I had to go cold shower after this game. Washington beats Marquette 80-78. to Phenomenal game. Uh, that might have been the best game of the day. I know it wasn't, but I mean, it, at the at no, that point it of the been. day, it was. Yeah. And uh, yeah, uh, Pondester, Cassie, uh, uh, what's his name? Casey or whatever. Quincy. His name? Quincy. Okay, Quincy. Yeah, he ended up. He's their superstar for Washington, and he ends up getting yeah. the ball with uh, uh, with like 15 seconds left on the clock. They clear out. He drives to the hoop. He gets a layup, and uh, they end up beating Marquette. And that, that's pretty disappointing. I, I, that was Marquette was a team I was pulling for that aren't Big Ten teams. Mm-hmm. And uh, they've got a bunch of small guys. Coach Buzz Williams is such a good story yep. as, as the coach over there. And, yeah, they weren't able to, to get it. But I tell you something, Marquette plays probably the most entertaining brand of basketball. I wish they could have stayed in the tournament. Love their unis, too. Love their unis. Very, very sharp look. It's got a little bit of the old Marquette touch, but the particular brand of gold that they've got with the black and the white striping and a little bit of red in there, too, I thought very, very sharp. But you don't have to apologize when you said the best game. I think it was. From start to finish, intensity level, uh, up and down the court, not a lot of delay game here, just great athletes getting after it. I thought maybe from start to finish, uh, Joel, intensity-wise and playing hard, I thought the best game of the day it was phenomenal fun to watch yeah it was pretty cool and then going back to the uh, marquette uniform yep. did you know they have the the name al on them did you see that no for al mcguire yeah they go right underneath uh where the where the neck like right at the nape of your neck coach mm-hmm. or not, not the nape of your neck at the underneath your throat it just says al right there al mm-hmm. which is pretty cool because uh He's definitely the most famous person ever in Marquette basketball. So now, one of our emailers guy. is saying, please tell Joel the AL is actually in honor of the ex-Texas player AC Law. Oh, my fault, my fault. Ex-Texas <laughs> player, by the way. Yeah, and another emailer wants to know: Is the nape of your neck uh, sensitive? Yeah, and that's just more the side, right? It's not huh? the front. Don't under any of the females out there, or any of the males. It works both ways. Little hint from the coach here. Don't mm-hmm. underestimate the nape of the neck. I won't. I promise you, Coach, but yours I, I, I'm going to overlook, you know, not with, underestimate. With the advice I give out on this show, I've said it before and I, I will say it again, people really t- need to take notes. This is almost like a classroom. I'm passing on wisdom from sports to other areas on a regular basis, dog. I highly advise the young kids in particular listen to the show. They really should take notes and get course credit for this show. You know, Coach, you might be passing something on, but I don't know if it's wisdom. <laughs> Just a thought. Okay. okay. Well, at least I was right on one of the two accounts. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's stick with the uh, East Regional Wake Forest in Texas. I sound like a broken record, Big Doe, but another outstanding. I'm going to run out of words here. Tremendous, phenomenal, outstanding. This was a great game back and forth. Wake Forest pulls it out. Last second shot. Unbelievable. What about an 11-footer by C.J. Morris to win the game? Heartbreaking. Heartbreaking for Texas. What a win for uh, Wake Forest. Coach, you talked about how it went back and forth. About four minutes into the game, Wake Forest had like an eight-point lead. And then five minutes into the game, Texas had gotten the lead back. And then I think for the last 35 minutes of the game, they switched scores. The whole, they, there must have been 50 lead changes in that game. It was unbelievable how back they just went back and forth. 
for 35 minutes, and then uh, Wake Forest had the ball last, so they won. Mm-hmm. And the shot to win it, by the way, a degree of difficulty very high. I mean, uh, there was a couple very uh, degree of difficulty shots yesterday to win games that win it. Mm-hmm. And that, that might have been, that probably was the highest degree of difficulty, though. Boy, yeah. And you couldn't defend it any better without following the guy, and you only lead by one point. So you're in a no-foul situation. Amazing game there, and I think that was the game. That where they were going back and forth. It was Tennessee, San Diego State, then back to Wake Forest, Texas, yeah. back to Tennessee, back and forth. But uh, thrilling finish there. All right, we finished the East region, finished the uh, Midwest region. Uh, today's games in the East region. Temple going up against Cornell. I know you like that one, big. Who are you picking in that game, by the way? Um, I uh, I think I got. I'm going to go with Cornell. Okay. And uh, that's the thing. I wanted to take either one of those teams each into the Sweet 16, and they just happened to be playing each other in the first round. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm pretty upset about Two that. Two of your surprise teams matched up to each other right away. Oh, I know. The one late game we forgot, uh, New Mexico, Steve Alford and company. Uh, here I go, broken record again. Another tight finish. It wasn't a buzzer beater, but it went right down to the wire. Uh, a very white team from Montana almost knocked off New Mexico, but Steve Alford's ball club wins. Uh, yeah, that was uh, another excellent ball club, uh, ball game. And uh, Montana's best player is from Chicago, and he had uh, a real rough game until the end. And then out of nowhere, he scored like 20 points, Coach, in the last like six minutes of the ball game. Ooh. It was hilarious because he, he didn't hadn't hit a bucket. And all of a sudden, he made some crazy shot in the corner, and whoever was calling the game, I don't think it was Gus Johnson, was like, watch out, he might get hot now. And he did, and... Uh, who who was the throw, player? Do you know what his name was? I got to find out his name, Coach, because in the in the Big Sky Conference Championship game that Montana won, yep. he had forty three points. Wow! So I mean, yeah, another Chicago was, area player. Yeah, that was the. Remember, I brought him up last week, and I couldn't remember his name, and I tried to get it yesterday, and so I, mm-hmm. I, I got to watch. I got to watch right. these games with less than ten people in my house. That's probably <laughs> be a lot easier to concentrate. That that has been my theory all along. I can't watch with other people. You know. Sporting events you're kind of into, yeah, ha, 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 you know, talk, talk, talk. No, the ones you really want to watch, get people away from me. I need concentration. None of this social hour can go on later. Uh, maybe I need to eat more fish. Well, come on know. over to my house tonight. You and me can watch in concentration and let uh, Mahmoud throw a party at your house. Uh, no, 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 no. When he throws parties, I stay at the house, Coach. Uh-uh. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a, a quick break, but I love the theme, the Chicago area players are the big impact players across the board. And having said that, not one Chicago or Illinois team in the tournament. That's kind of an interesting overall and ironic theme. We'll take a quick break. TalkZone.com, two guys and a mic, big dog and a coach at your service. Back in about 42 seconds. We continue down the road to March Madness.
lines are open for your calls on Two Guys and a Mic. Call 888-GO-FOR-IT. Once again, here's the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joe Radwanski, on TalkZone.com. Yeah, we are back on the TalkZone.com. Big dog, yesterday uh, we had on, uh, from your TV show, the female actress, what was her name, Priscilla Port? Pamela Pratt. Pamela Pratt. She was looked up via the uh, Google or whatever web source you can do that, and the pictures of Pamela Pratt came up. Many of our uh, listeners, many of our emailers, and one producer have been rendered uh, pretty much useless for the entire workday after watching the picture of uh, Pamela Pratt. No, I, I've had I've gone to many parties with these particular girls, <laughs> young ladies, and fellows on the show, yes. and, and there's some beautiful people involved in this, Coach. There's some pretty people involved in this project. Okay. So obviously, I'm the guy that's going to be wearing the greased apron with the hat on, looking all slovenly, because I actually have a real job in this, one, which is funny because I don't even have one in real life, which mm-hmm. is kind of fun. Yep. The only so. disappointment to yesterday's show was at the very end of the conversation when Pamela Pratt informed uh, both you and me. And our vast listening audience that, uh, in fact, she was married. Well, I mean, that, that's good for her, but I don't think anybody else cared. Oh, no, no trust no me. No Pamela. You know what I'm saying? I don't think that's going to uh, change the allure ah, okay. for is what yeah, I mean. All right. And for some people, it actually adds to the lure. Or allure. Yeah. Yeah. So by yeah, the way, uh, we also had uh, s- s- What's that? And those people are sick, by the way. <laughs> Uh, we also have some e-landers wanting to know if you have had a phone call back or if you have uh, placed a phone call uh, and there's a second date in the making. The young lady you took out from Ecuador on St. Patrick's Day, first date. Has there been a follow-up conversation, possibly cohesion of the twosome? Uh, I, I got to tell you something, Coach. Uh, we did talk to her yesterday, and she did have a, a case of uh, of jack-in-the-box second-day-itis. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But okay. still, she said that she I was entertaining the whole time. Uh-huh. She said all the jokes I was telling her were hilarious. And okay. so the problem was I was telling her my whole tragic life story. I wasn't trying to make her laugh the whole time. Mm-hmm. So, But she thought I was actually giving her a stand-up routine. Found it hysterical. So, I, I, yeah, I do have a second date, believe it or not. My and best it's going to be the Shamrock Shuffle this Sunday. Coach. Really? Are yeah. you going to watch or are you going to run? I'm going to, well, I'll probably be behind her most of the time, but I won't be able to keep up. Oh, so she's running in it, and she's invited you to come out and watch. Yes, and for the first time in my life, I'll be waiting at a end line for somebody at the end of a race. Very nice. somebody else on. Well, you've waited at the end line many, many times. This is the first time the person who finishes actually knows that you're waiting for her. That's that's an excellent point. (laughs) (laughs) All your community service hours are paid up at this point, right? Uh, they're all paid up. That's why, I, actually, and it's been long enough that I think right now I would still be a misdemeanor just as long as I don't escalate the situation. Mm-hmm. I went out once with a, a, a young lady, her last name was Demeanor. So I would call her Miss Demeanor. Thank um, you. Thank you very much. Uh, hey, too bad you didn't go out with someone with the last name Behaven. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I might have done that, too. By the way, uh, our, my vast experience tells me that when... A young female says she enjoyed the conversation and that you've got a great sense of humor that you laughed at a lot of your jokes. She's also telling you in a non-spoken, rather unsubtle way that there's very little physical attraction. I don't know if this is the case this time, but be careful. That could be the case. Really? I don't, you don't think I'm going to get any coaches? What you're saying? I'm just saying, you know, yeah, oh, yeah, the conversation was great. I found you really, he's got a great sense of humor. 
That's like you know, when I got to tell you something, Coach. I will totally disagree with you. The okay. quickest, no, 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 I'm not talking about this particular woman. We're, we're, we just turned the page. Is that okay? Because I don't want to be rude. Mm-hmm. But just women in general, you got to make them laugh before you can actually get them to like you. Okay. Yeah, I mean, and I'm not talking because if, if you don't want them to laugh at you when you get naked, you better make them laugh with you before you get naked. <laughs> There's words of wisdom. That's something you can pass on to your young kids, Joel, when you have children. You know, I've, I've had a woman say to me, she's like the most disgusting thing she's ever seen in her life is a naked man. Really? But she's like, but she loved having, like, you know, she loved, but it was just funny that, she, like, because men are repulsive, Coach. They're disgusting. See, you got to have a sense of humor, okay? <laughs> you, you see naked guys are disgusting. But I, if a guy doesn't have a sense of humor, they really don't have any you know, chance uh-huh. with a woman. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. You know, again, and you know, I said take notes when I'm talking. Great philosophy, great words of wisdom being passed on by the big dog again. And once again, uh, our show not only uh, mildly entertaining but clearly educational. That's some solid advice you just give there, big dog. Yeah, yeah. Because think about it, coach. If you saw a big burly thing with hair all over it, you are coming right. at you. I mean, no, yep. no, no, no. You'd, you'd be afraid, wouldn't you? Turn so out you, the you, lights. Yeah, exactly. Sure, we all have the same body parts. Just turn out the lights so you don't have to look. Yeah, but if you're like a dog, you know, you make it laugh every once in a while, then uh-huh. it's not so bad uh-huh. anymore. All right, so. I stand convinced. I take it all back. All we'll right. get back to the tournament. Very good. Hey, real quick, before we get the tournament, our obituary of the day, by the way, very sadly, Davy Crockett passing away at the age of 86. Probably a little bit too young for you to remember, Big Dog, but uh, one of my favorite shows as a kid, Daniel Boone, Fess Parker, played the part of Davy Crockett, Fess Parker, dead at the age of 86. He had the coonskin cap, by the way. Very sad. Oh, that's a, that's, that's a sad day for you, Coach. It's yeah. like a little part of your childhood yeah. going away. A little it? bit. A little chink. I, I guarantee you know something. Uh, Me TV, if you put it on today, there's probably going to be a marathon of mm-hmm. Daniel Boone or Davy Crockett shows. No, it was it was the Daniel Boone show, but uh, Fess Parker was a big part of it as Davy Crockett. And I was a huge uh, holster guy with the guns and the coonskin cap running around the house. That was that was my gig up until I was about 22, Joel, which explains my very lonely social life in high school. You know, what's kind of funny is I didn't start running around the house butt naked in the coon skin hat until after I was 22. <laughs> All right, stop before I throw up. One, a couple other quick notes before we get back to the March Man. This is like halftime. You know, the halftime show is a little break before the basketball. Tiger Woods had a little bit more trouble, apparently one. Of the 38 or more females that uh, he was involved with has now released some potential texts that Tiger had sent. And she sent to Tiger. We can't explain those texts over the air because they are uh, a little dicey. And then some big dog, a little text controversy with Tiger. Are you aware of this? No, no. And, uh, and Coach, I don't mean to be rude towards you, but I don't care. I don't care. We move on. Okay. Actually, no, you're not being I really rude. Don't. I don't. The guy cheated on his wife. I don't need to know anything more. Let okay. him move but he's never cheated on me, and for some strange reason, he's been bombarded and blasted so much, I finally like the guy, and I never did before this. Mm-hmm. There you go. Okay. I'm sick of everybody. It's like, oh, everybody's jumping at him like he's the devil. All these other people need to look at their own lives and see what they've done wrong. Okay? Mm-hmm. I'm really sick of the tiger bashing. I mean, it's, okay. he's like the poster boy of everything that everybody's done wrong. I so. just thought I would bring it up. I, I actually can't disagree with anything you say. Time to move on, and let's watch Tiger play in the uh, the Masters, the actual golf tournament, and see how he does, and mm-hmm. stop talking about the garbage off the golf course right with you. Amen, brother. One real quick note on the baseball front, your favorite team, the Chicago Cubs, a key pitcher for them, Ted Lilly, 
apparently he's going to be back out in the mound. He is now pitching on flat ground, big dog, and he's no longer pitching towels. He's actually throwing actual baseballs. Yeah, that, that Larry Rothschild towel system has got to go. But anyways, <laughs> uh, you know, don't rush Lily back. This guy has thrown a lot of innings for a bunch of years in a row. If the Cubs have any chance of, of actually advancing, if they do make the playoffs, if they want to advance, Ted Lilly's going to have to play a major role. So don't mm-hmm. rush this guy back whatsoever. Right. Okay, that's all I'm asking the Chicago Cubs. Because, Co- I mean, he's got a knee and a shoulder coach. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? That that could really throw off your balance, and throwing off your balance as a pitcher means more injury. Not to worry. We've got Jeff Samarjan, Carlos Silva, ready to take over. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, I feel much better. <laughs> coach, sometimes you got to take your lump. I mean, seriously, you got to look at the whole big picture. Everybody wants to rush Lilly back because of those two, but – so take a chance. Those guys are getting paid money, too, so mm-hmm. put them out there. No, I'm so. with you. Sadly, I'm agreeing with almost everything you say here. All right, well, let's move back to one the – one of these days once in a while. It happens. You know, not often, but on rare occasions it does happen when we're on the same wavelength. Tonight or today seems to be one of those days. Let's move uh, quickly. We've already covered the East region and the Midwest region. If you're just joining us, uh, we're talking March Madness, college basketball, reviewing the games from yesterday. We'll have a little bit of time to sneak preview for today, but the main theme of today's show, uh, reviewing. Uh, and really, we've got a couple things. One, uh, I called it, you thought I was going maybe a, step, a little bit too far, the best single day of the NCAA tournament ever. Well, no, no, I, it may have. I would okay. like to see that in front of me. I'm not just going to agree with you because okay. I would like to see contenders for it because well. not, if you think yesterday was a blur for me, can you imagine thinking back now since 1981 every tournament mm-hmm. first day that I watched? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, we, we won't pick at straws. We'll just uh, suffice it to say it was it an unbelievable day. Great, great day. 16 games, 12 or 13 of them came right down to the wire. Upsets the whole bit. It was awesome. Uh, and then the other theme is the amount of Chicago area players that are starring in this tournament. And oh, the irony, not a single Chicago or Illinois team in the tournament. So having put those two themes out there, let's move to the West Regional. BYU and Florida, big dog, another great ball game. Sound like a broken record. BYU pulls it out. And I have a new man crush in uh, sports, and his name is Jimmy Fredette. You, you know what? I tell you something. This guy is everything is advertised. Like going into the, this season at BYU, everybody was, you know, they were pumping him up. And he has a chance at being Naismith and all, and he wasn't. But I tell you, he can play coach, and he's, you know, he's not going to be an NBA player unless possibly a team could pick him up that just wanted like a Steve Kerr type, a bigger version of him. But. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was a lot of fun watching them beat Florida yesterday because, I don't know, they, Donovan irritates me. Mm-hmm. Game went, uh, now it does not say it went overtime. I thought that game went OT, but apparently it not. Did. It went double overtime. Okay, yeah, see, I'm looking at it here. It doesn't have that. Double overtime. Yes, it, that mean, was a two-overtime game. And I got to tell you, they were showing, like, BYU players laughing and joking, waving to the camera saying, hi, mom, with 15 seconds to go in the second overtime shooting free throws. Mm-hmm. Those kids at BYU, they're not even kids. They're young men because all of them had to go on the mission or whatever the heck they have to go mm-hmm. on. So uh, just taking it easy, not, not getting totally absorbed and, and, and making the, the pressure of the situation eat at them. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, they're older, they're more mature, and, and they were handling it, it perfect. Was, it, and, it was uh, just, but they're still going to get blown out their next game. Just another outstanding game. Jimmy Fredette scores 37 points. It was intense from start to finish. And uh, sometimes to succeed in the tournament, you got to have uh, – 
unsung players come through with great performances. They had a kid named Michael Lloyd Jr., who I think averages five or six games, five or six a game, and he got hot, big dog, and you could see he was feeling it. I think the kid finished with 23, 24, something like that. But you need performances like that to pull off big wins. BYU got it. Michael Lloyd Jr. coming out of nowhere, playing his guest best college game ever, and he did it in his first NCAA tournament. Uh, yeah, that's got to be cool, isn't it? You, you know, you get you get a big chance to play, and then all of a sudden you represent like that. That's pretty mm-hmm. good for the kids. All right, let's uh, move along here. Kansas State, I can honestly say this was not a great, tight game like all the other ones. Kansas State nope. fairly easily. The mean green of North Texas were just, um, they were overmatched, big dog. They were lean green yesterday, not the yeah. mean green. Yeah, and the guard play, Jacob Pullen, and then uh, is it Roberto Clemente. Roberto Clemente? It's a descendant. Of great baseball no. player Roberto Clemente, I know is he's re- it really. Yeah, oh yeah, he's related. Oh my goodness, no way. Yeah, uh, that's that's awesome. I, I just I just knew the kid's name was Clemente all year, mm-hmm. and he's, he's been one of the better players that they have. Yep. So Kansas State can cool. get it and go. So Brigham Young taking on K State next, and I'm assuming from your previous comment, you think uh, my man crush might end in the next game. Yes, I I do believe it's going to end, Coach. But I mean, don't don't feel bad because Burdett. Is uh, is Mormon, so he you can have more than one man crush on him. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> By the way, it's not Jimmy; it's Jimmer. Apparently, I don't know where that oh, comes yeah, from. But cool. uh, West Regional, other game, Butler and UTEP here in Chicago. We didn't get to watch too much of that game. And again, if you're not just a tuned... phenomenal game, Butler in control most of the game, coach. Yeah, UTEP but was winning. They were down big early. You right? UTEP was winning early. Uh huh. And then Butler, uh, and again, Butler similar to Northern Iowa, big dog. You know, they don't have the big name, but they're not a Cinderella. They're not an underdog. They are too legit to quit. I mean, they're the real deal. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Agree. That's, uh, as a matter of fact, Butler, and no one, they're not going to scare anybody because they've had a number next to their name for the last couple of years. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So they're not going to sneak up on anyone. Number five seed, Gordon Hayward, Matt Howard. They're two-star players, so big win there. The other game was one of the classics of the uh, day, maybe the best ending of any game. Murray State knocks off Vanderbilt 66-65. Denaro Thomas shot at the buzz of the crowd going wild. Players jumping on top of each other. March Madness at its best. Murray State pulls out a win. Uh, what a phenomenal game that shot and that game was absolutely unbelievable I, I thought that was the best game of the day by the way coach because that's when i said earlier washington marquette that's why i backed up i had a stop i was like no actually that that wasn't the game they what that murray state game and they have phenomenal offensive play they're fun to watch you know there's some offenses that kind of push it sleep so that you clear around, you isolate. That I don't know how. I don't know what you call their system, coach. But Murray State has a fun system to watch. They do indeed, and that was a dramatic finish. Remember, they brought the ball down the court with like 15 seconds left. Vanderbilt hanging on to a one-point lead. AJ Ogilvy and the boys, and and the ball got knocked out of bounds. They never got a shot off, I don't think, or maybe it was off the rebound. So now Murray State got the ball underneath with about 4.2 seconds left. Yep. Still down one, and they passed it in, made a second pass. And to Murray State's credit, they did not panic. They realized, as experienced basketball players do, that 4.2 seconds is an eternity. And Denaro Thomas shot faked, was able to get in the gap. It was a tough shot, but uh, they used all 4.2, and he made it at the buzzer. Absolutely amazing finish. Heartbreaking for Vanderbilt, by the way. Uh, yes, they've had a really, really good season, possibly their best season in like 25, 26 years. And again, they get knocked out in the first round with a, like a really high seed. This happened to Vanderbilt 
uh, I believe like four or five years ago, they were like a three seed, and everybody was talking about, oh, this is one of the best Vandy teams, and then boom, they get knocked out first mm-hmm. round. So uh, I, a tough year, but is it not surprising, Coach? Murray no. State's going to, I think, is advancing past Butler wow. into the next round. Yeah, you picked that game, by the way, did you not? Yes, yes. Uh, Murray oh, yeah. State's been my team, Coach. Uh-huh. So. Yeah, big dog picked that game. You had a couple other misses, but you picked that one right on. By the way, my favorite moment of the whole day. And again, if you're just joining us here on the Two Guys at a Mike Show, we're talking college hoops. You saw some games yesterday uh, that you want to comment on, and there were plenty to comment on. Feel free to give us a call and uh, join us here at 888-463-6748. The big dog and the coach, uh, 888-463-6748. Favorite moment of the day, Big Dog, they showed, you know, that uh, after Murray State hit the game-winning basket, uh, they stayed with the game, showed the celebration, the coaches, the shaking hand. They went to the Murray State band that was all dressed up in their school colors, and the band is playing, they're all emotional, and there was one, I think a trumpet player, might have been a different instrument, and he was he, he couldn't even hold his instrument. The guy was in tears. He was, like, so emotional, and he wasn't bawling, he wasn't all-out crying, but he was so broken up, so caught up in the emotion of the moment, he couldn't play the instrument. A guy in the band in tears. That's how emotional. That's how cool that March man. That was my favorite single moment of the entire day. Coach, the guy uh, basically put his trombone up for sale. If he he bet on the game, <laughs> they didn't win. He was going to lose that trombone. <laughs> His, his very essence was at stake there, huh? Yes, exactly. I, right. I've been in that situation many times. All right. West Regional, very, very exciting. Finally, we moved to the south. And uh, Villanova and Robert Morris, we got four games there. Villanova uh, wins, but they barely do it. Again, it's broken record time, Big Dog. Another tight ball game. Intense, phenomenal finish, but Nova pulls it out. Yeah, so, like, you know, I have Nova going to the championship game. I'm getting a little criticism. They barely made it out of the first round. So did 13 other teams you, barely make it out of the first round. Big yesterday. dog, you were on the fence, my friend. Oh, I was scared. I am not going to lie. I wasn't scared, Coach. They Robert were, Morris was playing to win. and they, they, were they uh, Villanova was down most of the game, right? Yeah, they were down 10 points. Not like 4 or 5. They were down 10 for 32 minutes of the game at least, Coach. But... Scotty Reynolds, who had hit one shot in the first 38 minutes, took over the last couple minutes of the game. Oh, what that was a phenomenal ending to that game. Reynolds hits a huge three to, to tie it up with like about 50 seconds to go. Ends up going to overtime, and Villanova ekes out a win. Barely, Coach. Another overtime game. Scotty Reynolds did make his free throws, by the way, the All-American mm-hmm. guard. But I think from the field, he was thirteen or uh, two for 15. That sounds about right, Coach. Wow. I think I think that's exactly what he was. Uh, I know at one point he was two for fifteen. I don't know if he took another shot after that. Mm-hmm. This game you know what was. What that means, Coach? Gary Reynolds had his bad game in the tournament. Uh, that you know what you are so correct. <laughs> yes. A great team like Villanova. I don't know if we can call him a great team. A really good team like Villanova. You win a game like that where you're basically on life support and you come back from the dead. Sometimes that's the kind of game that can get you on a run that you go a long way in the tournament. Yeah, and they're they're still alive as far as I know, so that's why I'm not writing mm-hmm. them off yet. So. Yeah, but they they had to use the defibrillator yesterday. The game got so <laughs> emotional did. that uh, somebody actually saw Jay Wright's hair move. Yeah, you know, you know, it's funny, coaches. Like I'm I'm talking about how how excited I was over that game. I'm talking about like a bracket. Can you imagine being in those games? I'm like rolling around, going crazy in my house. <laughs> I can't even imagine what it would be like to be actually participating in something like that. Probably what easier to play. You know, if you're Maybe. playing, you can at least, you know, you're sitting on the couch, the tension builds. Okay, well, can you imagine, like, the parents of Scotty Reynolds yes. yesterday? Yes, very difficult. 
Yes. Very difficult. By the way, as a sideline, if I see one more picture of John Shire's parents on TV tonight or today, whenever Duke plays, I might uh, lose the applesauce. You know what? I, I, you know what? I remember because you you have like stages in your life. Oh man, I feel old. Like when Sandberg got voted to the Hall of Fame, I'm like, I saw his whole career. Well, I feel old now because I remember when John Shire's mom was hot. Oh, she still is. (laughs) To some extent. She just gets too much. Uh, she looks a little bit like Riel Hunter, the young lady who somehow threw the fish hook off and caught John Edwards. She's got that look. Oh, okay. Very nice young lady. I'm not blaming the Shires. Maybe I am, but I'm blaming the TV camera. I'm just, you know, I, I'm sure they're perfectly nice people. I'm just tired of looking at them. All right, let's move on. Old Dominion and Notre Dame, the first game. It was the leadoff hitter and, and you know, got on base. What would you say? That game was probably a, a double into the gap. It set the table for the rest of the game. Notre Dame could not hit a shot in the second half. Old Dominion, big dog, they played okay, not great, but they pulled out a big win. Yeah, no, I, I'm glad you described the game that way. That was an uh, that's all. Somebody, hey, what happened to Notre Dame? I said they got beat up. That's exactly what happened. They, that was just an ugly basketball game. Seriously, so if that's your last college basketball game, to know you played that poorly and lost yep. by one point, that's yep. got to eat at your coach. Got to feel bad for Luke Heron. Godey had one of the. I think you could safely say one of the great careers in Notre Dame basketball history, as well as their guard Tory. Uh, help me out, Stokes. Right. Whatever the senior guard is, who, who had a great four-year career. Also, you hate to see him go out like that. Luke Herringote, he had maybe his worst game ever. He scored four points, missed a layup, a couple of easy layups. And, uh, you know, that'll be the game that we'll sit with him. Great career, but just a brutal final game, Big Doug. Absolutely, Coach. Uh, he, he can hold his head up. He, he did well yes. at Notre Dame. But... Oh, there's no question. Uh, all right, Baylor and Sam Houston, great ball game. They ended up winning by seven. I don't think this one went OT, but I know it went right down to the wire. Scott Drew was sweating right to the finish, but the Baylor Bear beat Sam Houston State. Another good ball game, Big Doug. No last-second yeah, shots, but a great game. game. Coach, that was, a, that was a 314. That was a really, really good ball game. It's not, they're not supposed to get good games until 512. 413s are supposed to be blowouts, too. You know what I mean? 512, mm-hmm. it starts getting a little more competitive. Uh, so that's a, it's just dramatic that you had three and fours winning and three, I mean, three and fours losing and 14 and 13s keeping it close in the other two games. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Tweedy Jones, the best names in basketball for Baylor. P. Uda, who had 20 points and 13 rebounds, and he was average for most of the game, but down the stretch he came through. Lace Darius Dunn. By the way, if the Chicago Bears are looking for a wide receiver, they might look no further than Lace Darius Dunn. That guy is cut. I wasn't joking about this kid, was I, Coach? No. He was, he's, I don't, I, I'm not on college basketball like I typically am, and I'll, I'll admit that. But there's, this year, when I saw Baylor play and I saw that kid, I, like, I was drooling. I was, he's a top five pick in the NBA draft. I mean, that was like immediate when you saw that kid. Mm-hmm. And a Bears wide receiver? I think so. He, I, he can go up and get him. Got the build, speed, quickness, jumping ability. I would think he could make that transition very easy. All right, one. Final game to talk about, and that is St. Mary's over Richmond. And I will tell you this, I knew nothing about St. Mary's of California coming in after watching them play, Big Dog, and I think they've got like five of their top seven players are from Australia, all from the same country. But they're very white, I will tell you that, and they really, really can shoot the basketball and can play. Watch out for St. Mary's. They're my sleeper pick. They played with confidence. I don't know how much you watched them play, but I was extremely impressed by this ball club. Uh, I saw zero of the, of the Richmond-St. Mary's game because like, right at like 3.30 I had to leave the house. So that little time 
that they actually show them. I was mm-hmm. not in the house watching television yesterday. Okay. But I, I've watched St. Mary's play all season, Coach, for the simple fact that ESPN has the West Coast Conference contract. ESPN 2, starting at midnight uh, Chicago time. I, I, you know, that's how I would go to sleep is watching West Coast Conference basketball. So I hate to tell you, I'm an expert this year, Coach, on Big Ten college basketball and West Coast Conference basketball. Well, have that's you seen basically all I know? Have you year. seen the fighting gales of St. Mary? What the hell is a gale, by the way? Oh, it's a wind, Coach. A what? Wind. A wind? Gale wind. That part of California, did you ever hear like ah, Santa Ana winds okay. and all that? Thank you. Thank you. You know for... what I'm talking about? Like the ocean winds. Like there's some parts of California that you, the wind doesn't blow for like years. Mm-hmm. And then like two miles away, you have gusts of winds that come in at like 20 miles an hour all day long. Okay. So, I, I can't, they can't explain it. I don't know what it, but that's what it's about, the gale. Basketball so. and geographical expert Joel Redwanski joining us here on the morning break. Have you seen St. Mary's play and were you as impressed as that? They're 27 and 5 on the season. Not a bad record. Yeah, up to yeah, yeah, and they, they, you know, I've seen them play, Coach. Yeah, they're good. They're, and I, I remember last week I was talking about like if St. Mary's was an at-large and Illinois was going up against them mm-hmm. to determine whether they'd go in the tournament. And I was, and I was, as an Illinois fan, I would like to abstain from that vote because I would know where I would put it. Mm-hmm. Uh, All St. Mary's right. is a good basketball team, Coach, and they won that conference tournament over Gonzaga. They're legit. Mm-hmm. All right, they're and they, you know they played Villanova next, and I want to say. You know, St. Mary's is my Cinderella pick right now to advance, but then again, we just talked about Villanova barely escaping, and typically when a really good team barely escapes, they continue to move on. That is going to be one of the more interesting second-round matchups. I don't know if we'll see it here in the Chicago area, but I love St. Mary's and Villanova. You care to take a gander on that one? Oh, uh, definitely. I, that's going to be a great game to watch. And, uh, uh, Coach, don't forget, there's there's half the amount of games going on. So instead of four games going on at one time, mm-hmm. Next week, or excuse me, tomorrow when that game takes place, it's only battling one other game exactly at the same time. Okay. So most likely, yes, it will be on television, and if it's good, it will definitely be on television. Very, very good. Big Dog, an exhausting run through yesterday's game, but it was well worth the exhaustation, if I could use that term, because it was an outstanding day of basketball. I don't know if we can repeat today. Look ahead. Any games you like, any quick previews from the 16 games we are about to endorse on. Uh, well, Coach, I would like to go back to what you just said. Uh, exhaustion. Yeah, that is uh, that is a, a great word, but the pronunciation is exhaustion. Just uh, throw it out there. Thank you, Miss Schwabeck. <laughs> you got about uh, three minutes left. Any games coming up today? Oh, no, no, I hate no, English now, teachers. Uh, legitimately, Coach, I'm going to start making my lunches. Actually, I have to go to a conference call for the next hour. Really? Yes. Well, you the DVR. Right? Yeah, the, the, yeah. I just think, yeah, I'll start taping it oh, and yeah. just fast forward to the commercials. I'm going to have an excellent second half of the day, Coach. You just made my day. That's what got me through the games yesterday. I went all DVR all the time. It was a beautiful thing. But, Matt, how about like Oklahoma State, Georgia Tech? Give me a winner there. I think that's a great ball game. Um, I'm going to go with Georgia Tech in that one, Coach. Okay. Georgia Tech, you remember, is my pick to click there. I, I've got them going all the way to the Final Four. And I, yeah, I had either one of those teams getting knocked out before the Sweet 16. So. Mm-hmm. What about uh, here in the Midwest? All five Big Ten teams play today. Any of the teams you see getting knocked off as a uh, just Wolford? Wisconsin versus Wolford. Wolford. Yes, everybody else will advance, coach. But Wisconsin will lose to Wolford. 
Yes. Oh, who's Minnesota playing? I forgot. I, I may have picked Xavier. Minnesota. That's a great game. That's the opening game coming up uh, in about 25 minutes. Xavier and Minnesota, very good opener. Oh, I think, oh, okay. If uh, Big Ten goes 3-2 and two today, but don't worry, Big Ten fans, because those teams will start advancing after that. Mm-hmm. So you got Ohio State, Michigan State, and Purdue. A lot of yeah. people are picking Purdue to get knocked off, but you think they will uh, survive in advance. Yes, well, well, let's talk about that next game, Coach. Mm-hmm. I think I had them get knocked out. They won't make 360. Uh, bottom line is, Big Dog, when we reconvene, and by the way, Louisa, our uh, female intern, would like to know what days, if you know now, you'll be able to work next week. Um, I'm definitely going to do uh, Monday, Coach. <laughs> yes. And Tuesday. Monday and Tuesday. Yeah, but I had okay. think Friday, but Wednesday, Thursday, no. All right. I will not be here Thursday and Friday, so David Olson, our uh, fine producer, I'm sure will be hooking up some uh, fine fill-ins, maybe a Justin Burnfield, possibly a Justin Weiner. We'll get some of the young kids in. I'm going to be missing Thursday, Friday next week. So we'll reconvene on Monday, Big Dog, when we reconvene. The round of 64, this thing goes quick. There will be only 16 teams left. That's a lot of uh, – it's like a war with a lot of dead bodies left after the weekend of basketball. Uh, that's exactly what happens. When people think there's too many teams in it, well, guess what? After one weekend, there's 16 left, and then mm-hmm. the big boys get at it. Beautiful. Beautiful. Big Dog will enjoy it. Great job all week. It's been a pleasure doing five consecutive days with you. Let's just make sure it never happens again. I'm out of gas, Coach. <laughs> all right. Have a great weekend, Dog. Later, Coach. All right, listeners, thank you so much. We'll be back at you on Monday. Have a great weekend. Get out there and throw the baseball around a little bit, too. Baseball season right around the corner. Don't throw too much. Keep the arm loose. Make sure you stretch first. David Olson, our producer, great job. Have a great weekend. We'll see you on Monday.